Welcome to Health Tech Hustle. We exist to share stories of the brave entrepreneurs helping to solve the most important problems in digital health today. We interview top leaders in health tech and bring them onto our show each week to listen and learn from their story. With your host, Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Health Tech Hustle podcast. My name is Rodney Hu and today I'm joined by another special guest, Ms. Blossom Anuneku. She is the CEO and founder of Blossom Into Wellness, which is a health communications agency headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she is a founder that specializes in organic social media marketing and content creation in the form of long form web content. She serves both local businesses, international businesses like the International Data Group and governmental agencies like the CDC. So excited to kind of have her on today and share her background in the social media and content creation world. So that being said, Blossom, welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me, Rodney. No problem. So let's just jump into it. Why don't you give people a quick background of kind of who you are and how you got into this whole digital marketing space to begin with? Yeah, sure. So I started off as a writer on Upwork. Um, I was in my college dorm looking for ways to make money because textbooks are expensive. Um, and as a freshman, I always, well, in the, in the beginning, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, but as a freshman, I was a huge advocate for health and eating healthy and avoiding the freshman 15. Um, so I always combined the two together, writing and health. And I was creating blog posts and eBooks and things of that nature for health professionals on Upwork. And so that was basically how I got my start with content creation for health professionals. But I realized that once I created the content, they didn't really have a strategy for distributing that contract, that content or having eyes on that content. So I looked into social media management and social media marketing to get their content on social media so that they can, you know, it's repurposed for social media and that they can have more eyes on their content. And so I did that all throughout college. So for those four years and then once I graduated college, I pretty much made this my full-time job because um, I couldn't find a job. So I just freelanced for individuals, for health professionals, um, even some tech agencies because I did have an, I still do have an interest in tech. Um, yeah, so now I'm a one-woman group, one-woman band, and I create content strategies and social media for health professionals and health businesses. That's awesome. I like that you created your own job. You created your own opportunities because you can't <laughs> you can't find a job. So you're like, all right, let me just do what I love doing, do what I'm good at, and then just through that consistency, through that commitment, you kind of built this whole enterprise that you kind of been working on. Um, but the question I have for you is like, you've been doing all the creating all this content and whatnot, and when it relates to the healthcare industry, what's the importance? that content plays? Cause I know like some people may think like, oh, like my company doesn't need to be on social media, yada, 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 but content is important. Mm -hmm. Yes, content is king. And you know, I'll preface this answer by saying, you know, once I was pretty much my own person, my own boss, I guess. And I was still looking for jobs though, because I wanted, you know, multiple streams of income because freelancing is nice, but you know, 
want to diversify that income. Um, I was also looking for jobs, but I was still also creating content for as a freelancer. So, you know, one day I got a call from a job that saw my, not really saw my work, but saw my resume and saw the work, the content I've created for all these health professionals. And they were really interested in my abilities and what I've done in the past in college and outside of college. And they hired me just because of that. You know, it, it's actually pretty recent during the time of COVID, you know, when it was getting really, really bad. Um, they needed a content creator and a social media manager who had done that stuff in the past because there's so much health misinformation right now and they needed someone that could help content con combat that with um, content. And that's actually how I landed my role as a contractor for the CDC. So the CDC knows the importance of health content and they know the importance of social media. It didn't just happen because the, of the pandemic, but I would say the pandemic definitely made that more visible to um, agencies like the CDC and even local um, health professionals all over. If you don't know that content is king now in this pandemic where um, people have been out of jobs because they can't come into work and everything is becoming more digital, then I don't, you've been sleeping under a rock. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah. Dang. It's, and it's crazy because like, like you're saying, just creating your own opportunities, that visibility gives you credibility when talking about new opportunities and other companies kind of are looking for people to do what you're doing. And I know for me in the beginning, like I had that mindset. I was like, man, there's already people creating content. There's already people better than me. Like, how did you kind of overcome that sort of mental barrier and just got comfortable putting out content and having your own voice? That's a really good question. And honestly, it's something that I still struggle with sometimes. But, you know, um, I was watching this, I don't know if you, I watch a lot of weird TV shows. So one, one TV show I was watching was The Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> don't judge me. I know y'all are judging. But there's this one woman on there, Candy Burris. And Candy Burris is a very, very popular singer, songwriter. She was on escape she wrote the song no scrubs there's a lot of flack with candy burst because a lot of people think that she can't sing however she's worth 20 million dollars and so i just recently watched a episode where she went back to her alma mater and basically she said it doesn't matter if you're the best singer you know in the group in the school what matters is you know your work ethic how hard you work um, how you work. That stuff is way, way more important than talent. Of course, there's always ways to improve. Like with content and social media, you know, I'm taking classes right now to better my content marketing and my social media marketing. I'm taking an um, SEO course and a Facebook ads course because there's always room to improve. And this is a very quickly evolving um, community right now. But you shouldn't let perfection get into the way of progression okay cool awesome and so i know like your expertise social media content creation but more specifically is a long form content creation 
I know there's a bunch of different types of content that you can create, different mediums, audio, video, text. Um, but from your perspective, why long form content? And what exactly is long form content for people that don't know? Sure, sure thing. So long form content is rather instead of just short blurbs that you'll see on maybe an Instagram post or whatnot, this is basically a full on like 500 and plus, some will even say 700 and plus word blog post or web content that provides factual information regarding something that you're talking about. Um, so I go for long form because number one, it, it, it gives you more it gives your person or your audience more time on your page. And you know, everyone, when it comes to analytics with your website and how it's performing, people want, well, a good metric to look at is bounce rate. Um, so that's how much time people are spending on your page without you know, going to the next or just exiting out or whatnot. So one thing is with long form content, you can decrease your bounce rate because you have more longer content so they're staying on your page more. Um, but I go for long form because with health information, you don't really want to cut corners. A lot of people, when they Google something, they want to know, you know, they want to get straight to the point, yes, but they want to make sure that it's factual information. And sometimes when you're writing factual information, you have to get down in the details. Um, long form content is also better for SEO for those purposes of bounce rate and having more people invested in your content. Awesome. And so when it comes to long form, like I kind of mentioned, there's different mediums, audio, video, and text. If you're giving advice to another healthcare company, is there one medium that you would prefer over the other? Or how would you go about creating content for a specific medium? Um, I would I would start off with, you know, what their current content marketing strategy is right now, if they have the bandwidth for, you know, having a, a writer create long form content, if um, they have the bandwidth for a podcast or video. A lot of people in the past, my clients, they like video, but they don't have the time to be editing or they don't want to outsource that. I like I like long form content as in the in the form of writing because it's cheap. It's it's a bit cheaper. Um, it's easier to do. And um, while it does take a while for the content to let's say rank, if that's your if that's your number one priority, having it rank on you know Google or whatnot, it still is a great way to put your name, put your brand, put your expertise out there for people who don't necessarily have time to sit down and watch a video or have time to listen to a podcast. Um, so it really just depends on the content strategy you have. I always make sure that, you know, pick something. You don't have to do everything because that will make you not want to do anything. <laughs> so pick something that you can stick to. Mm, okay, yeah, I like that. And like another hack that I kind of have that I want to share is like, even if you want to just choose text and you're uncomfortable being on video or whatever, like what I do is I kind of just talk out like some talking points. Like I'll have an outline and I'll just talk out that outline. Then you can just take that media file, transcribe it, and that could be your text. And then, then that's what you can post, optimize it for SEO and whatnot. But that's just like a little hack if you want to create text, but like you said, it, it, it does take a little longer if you're just typing out and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. There is a dictation thing that I use on Google Docs and Microsoft Word because I like to talk, but you know, some other people may not like to talk, um, but that's what I do a lot. And it, it definitely cuts down the time. So I can imagine it working for if you want to do a podcast, but also transcribe that to a blog post later. Awesome. And then I kind of asked like, which medium would you choose? And you said it depends on like whatever their content marketing strategy is. Um, but for those companies that don't have a set in stone, like content marketing strategy already created, what's the process that you would take them through to kind of create and discover that content marketing strategy? Right. Okay. Good question. I would first look at, you know, their budget, obviously what they can afford to do on a consistent basis. Cause you know, while I like to say, while content is king, consistency is queen. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't just make a blog post or a video and then have that up for the next six months and expect results. No. <laughs> um, so I would go about, I like to go off of personalities and you know, what they're able to do. Sometimes with things like blogging, for instance, they don't necessarily have to do that. That can be 100% outsourced to me. For things like video or podcast, that does rely on the client. And so I would have to ask them, you know, if you want to create video, um, do you want to create a podcast? Most of the times though, my clients, um, they don't have time for a podcast. They're invited to podcasts in, you know, that in, in a perfect world, they're the ones being invited to it. But if they want to create video, that's something that I help them with as far as coaching goes. A lot of times it's not long form content. It's just short and cute content for Instagram and, you know, Facebook. And that can be included in the social media or the content marketing strategy as well. So when it comes to um, creating a content marketing strategy and figuring out what works best, I definitely would like to see what we have so far, what they've done in the past, what they are willing to continue to do. Um, and, you know, obviously if, if we see that something isn't bringing results, you know, we cut it and we try different avenues. Nice. Yeah. So when speaking of results, like how do you know the content that you're putting out is actually good content? What sort of metrics are you kind of monitoring to see like, okay, this is something that's giving us traction or people aren't engaging with this. And yeah, so what sort of metrics are you looking at? Yeah, sure. So a lot of my content has been social media based recently. Um, there, there've been a few clients with blog writing, but most of it has been social media. However, I still like to thoroughly track everything that I create. So with blog posts or with social media posts or social media campaigns, we make sure that we have our tracking set up. And before I start with my clients, I always make sure that they have some type of analytics software. My go-to is Google Analytics because it's cheap and it's available, actually it's free. Um, so I set my clients up with that if they don't have it already. And we make sure that we create those, you know, those tracking parameters in UTM for every, each and every of the content that I create. It's easier to see how well something is performing, I would say on social media, because you can see likes, comments, blah, blah, blah. But you also wanna make sure that you're driving content or you're driving traffic from social media to that website because at any minute 
your social media accounts can be deleted within a blink of an eye. So I make sure that I create content that drives somewhere, whether it's a landing page or um, the full version of a blog post, just get them, get the audience off of social media and into the website to book a, a, a help consultant or a consulting call or something of that nature. All right, so you, you mentioned a good point, like social media isn't the end all game. Social media should be more of like a top of funnel strategy to kind of build that awareness, establish that no like and trust factor. Um, but ideally you want to get them to some more like premium type of content, whether it be like you said, an ebook or getting them to schedule a call with you or make a, fill out an application. Like you want to have that next step. So when you come with, when you're talking about marketing, understanding each step, each phase of the customer journey could be really valuable. I like it. Exactly. Um, and then you mentioned a couple of different social media platforms. Um, but I'm curious, what's your favorite social media platform and why? Um, okay, so I'll go with professionally. I enjoy LinkedIn. You know, that obviously brings brings in the bacon. But business, well, not business, but um, personally, I really enjoy um, TikTok. And okay. I really enjoy TikTok because I, my first love was dance. <laughs> So when I was in college, I was the captain of a dance team and I really, really enjoy dance. And when I learned that, honestly, the way to get big on TikTok is to dance. <laughs> it just, you won't see me dancing on there, but I enjoy, you know, I enjoy the challenges. I enjoy the creativity. You know, I'm, I haven't gotten people to ask for TikTok services yet. But when they do, I will let them know that it is a lot of work. Okay, you have to post every single day. Yeah. Um, and you have to be engaging and you have to use all these, you know, they have sounds, they have so much going on. There's like video editing tools that you can use within the app. It's very creative and it's very intense. Okay, <laughs> but, but that's why I enjoy it in my personal time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, TikTok's a cool way to kind of stay tapped into like the the ecosystem of like what's trending and kind of like what's the attention of like people, like the main consumers right now. But LinkedIn is like definitely more professional. That's how we connected and that's how exactly. you kind of meet like like minded individuals on a professional level. Um, but from your perspective, how has LinkedIn kind of helped helped you in your professional journey? What sort of opportunities has um, LinkedIn created for you? LinkedIn has been amazing. I wish I could use LinkedIn more, you know, with being in a pandemic, it's difficult to network. You know, I used to go to places down in Atlanta to network with health professionals um, and get my name out there and get their name out there and learn more about you know, my target audience. But now I can just go to linkedin.com, I can see all the pain points that health business owners and professionals have going on, what they're advertising, um, everything. And I don't have to drive a far distance or get stuck in Atlanta traffic to do that. So I really enjoy LinkedIn. You know, it's a great way to just connect with people. And I realized that a lot of people in my um, 
age group or demographic kind of shy away from LinkedIn because they feel that you have to know somebody in person to connect with them. And that is 100% not true because I don't know, I don't know more than a third. I would, I don't, I don't know a lot of you, a lot of people that I connect with in, um, on LinkedIn in real life. I've never met them, you know. So it's definitely a great way to just see, you know, see people and meet people without having to be awkward. I really hated networking events. Those, it was like pulling teeth. From my mouth it was horrible it was so awkward it was so forced but with linkedin you know you can you can read people's stuff comment on it if you like it and then boom send a connection request and then it goes down the dms that's it so i i, I thoroughly enjoy linkedin mm. i thoroughly enjoy them <laughs> personal but it's like at the same time we don't have to be in person that's what technology something like zoom comes in and gives us that leverage as like online creators especially because like we're leveraging the internet to create content to put back onto the internet and like obviously you don't need to like the rules of the game has kind of changed a little bit whether it's your location or the people you're working with or even how you're communicating with people so i like linkedin too i think it's super valuable um but what sort of advice would you have for professionals, maybe even just healthcare professionals who are looking to start creating more content online and start taking their social media more seriously? Okay. I would say, first of all, um, I would like to see more faces when it comes to doctors, nutritionists, um, scientists, what have you. I would like to see more faces. And I think a lot of people would agree um, with me when they say they would like to see more transparency and more faces. So I would say, you know, get comfortable in front of the camera. You can have your blog posts and whatnot. And, you know, you can have your short form content, um, short form, you know, blog posts or whatnot, and you can have your stock photos. But we need to see more health professionals. We need to see them talk. We need to see them on video and video is doing is doing well on so many platforms and you can see the impact of video a little bit faster i would say than you could on a in a long form blog post so you know it might not be the biggest impact but you can see that impact faster you can see people liking it you can see people watching resharing retweeting it um of course, you can see comments on a blog post, but I say that it's easier to circulate videos, I would say. Um, there's a lot of health professionals that I follow who are doing a great job of this on LinkedIn. You know, it, and it doesn't have to be a very, very long video. It could just be one minute video, um, two minute or whatnot. It doesn't have to be super long. In fact, I, it's probably recommended that it isn't too long. So along with getting comfortable in front of the camera, I would also say to go ahead and just batch, content batch. So that means to pick a day out of the week and create all your content for that week on that day so that you don't feel forced to wake up at a certain time every day to either uh, create the video or create the um, blog post or whatnot. Just pick a time out of the week and it could be every other week if, if, you, if you feel like you don't have the time and be consistent. That's another reason I recommend content batching so that you can be a little bit more consistent with the content creation. And most importantly, you know, have fun. 
Um, you don't have to be you don't have to be reading from the textbook to tell us what this does to our body, blah, blah, blah. You can be engaging. In fact, you know, that's one thing that we really should focus on becoming engaging. So the this content could share faster. Um, and just try new things. If you want to try TikTok, feel free. I see a lot of health professionals on TikTok. Um, but be 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 comfortable with trying different things and understand that you're doing this for, of course, the greater good. Not everybody has access to a doctor, unfortunately, you know, but a lot of people have access to Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Um, so creating that online content, you can reach a lot of people um, and they don't have to buy anything from you. They can just learn from you. And with that information, they you can potentially save lives. Yeah, I like it. Excellent piece of advice. I think that's the perfect way to kind of end up like the main segment of the uh, podcast. I really like that. Um, but we've been talking a lot about social media content and whatnot. I like to end each episode, each interview with a little lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. So uh -oh. I'm just going to ask <laughs> you a couple of questions and you give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. Okay. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book, um, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dang, you're the first person to say first person to say that. That's interesting. Yay. <laughs> Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? The most influ influential person in my life. Um I guess um that's a good question. I don't know. Most influential. Can I say people that don't exist? Is that bad? No, I mean whatever okay. influenced you. What influences me is my unborn children. I will say that because I definitely want them to have a great life. Um, so I think about them and what I have to do to make sure that I can provi provide for them. I know these are horrible answers, but. Oh, you're <laughs> on answers and never been on podcast before. So you're unique. Be yourself. I like it. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? One goal, I want to do 10 pull-ups without stopping. Oh, okay. I like that one too. Um, last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Um, fail fast. Fail fast. Mm, I like that one. Okay, perfect. Excellent little snippet to end today's episode on. Um, so yeah, that concludes today's episode. Blossom, I just want to thank you for jumping on and kind of sharing some valuable insights on social media content, just digital marketing in general, how to leverage the internet to create new opportunities and how to go about it in an engaging way. So yeah, I definitely learned a lot um, from your story, your insights. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Rodney. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Before we go, though, where could people connect with you if they have more questions? Where can they get more information? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, so you all know I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can find me, Blossom Onunaku, on LinkedIn. You can also find me on my website, blossomintowellness.com, and on Instagram, 
blossom into wellness. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include those links in the resources section. But with that being said, that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Health Tech Hustle with Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Tune in next week for another interview with an expert leader in digital health.